0: So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. Right now we are in an unintentional three-part series. What began as a one-off episode has now turned into three. So I hope that's okay with you. Next week we will shift gears and actually begin a three-part, an intentional three-part series on rest, which I am so excited about. But for today, I want to wrap up what I've been talking about for the last two weeks. So for the last two weeks, I've been talking about showing up as our full selves. In the first episode, I shared about a lie I had been believing that was holding me back from showing up as my full self. And then last week, I talked about how as we begin to throw off those lies and really show up as our full self, we can begin to experience opposition. And as I was reflecting on the first two podcasts, um, encouraging us to show up as our full self, I realized another challenge is simply knowing who we are in the first place. And I don't know if you've ever felt confused about who you are, or if if you've ever asked the question, who am I? Um, I can think of a few specific times in my life where I've wondered this. Most recently, in the throes of early motherhood, I remember asking this a lot. Who am I? So much had changed in my life. My body, my ability to remember if I'd showered recently. I just remember wondering if I should be able, sorry, I remember wondering if I should try and find the person I was before, or if I should just embrace this new stage of this new identity as mom. And I also remember throughout high school asking this question, especially every summer when it felt like I had the chance to reinvent myself heading into the new school year. And I would often think in terms of a generalized clique group and clothing choices. So I don't know if you remember the movie Mean Girls, where the main character walks into the cafeteria and her new friend points out all the various friend groups. And she's kind of wondering, like, where do I fit in? And so that's kind of how I saw myself every summer as I thought about who I wanted to be. I just imagined sort of a clothing based uh, group of friends. And I recently saw a commercial depicting different mothers and cliques there was the organic mom, the breastfeeding moms, the working moms. And while the Mean Girls clip and this commercial are super entertaining, they don't really answer the deeper questions inside of me. The deeper, who am I, who am I really? Because getting together with a group of people who get you and who are similar to you is awesome. It's so nice and so encouraging to sit with people who share your interests and share your values. It really helps you feel known. And I think deep down, we all want to be known. We don't want to feel like we have to change to be accepted. We want to be loved for who we are and who we're created to be. But why do we still ask that question? Why do we still struggle to then fully know who we are and then walk fully in that? And I shared last week that we can experience opposition to showing up as our full self. But I think this other area um, of opposition we can experience is just confusion so just confusion about who we are. And I know for myself I have identified myself by a variety of labels. So I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a teacher. Or in the past maybe I'm a young life leader, I'm a figure skater. And I remember as a high school student I was known by what I did. So for a long time I was known as the figure skater. It was a huge part of who I was. I spent most of my time at the rink. So for example, when people would ask my grandpa, hey, how's your granddaughter doing? They would say, how's your granddaughter, the figure skater? That was just who I was. And often when we stop doing the thing that is defining us, we can have a moment where we feel like we're a little lost or confused. And I've heard this from many women when they have their kids grow up and move out of the house. They have that question of, who am I now? Now, I'm not saying that it's wrong to identify myself as mom or wife. Um, I love that those are part of my identity. Um, And I'm not going to try and say we shouldn't have any of those labels, but they're still not where I find my identity. And this might be where you say, Jacqueline, is this where you're going to bring up Jesus again? And I'm going to say, yes, yes, this is exactly where I'm going to bring up Jesus, because especially when we find ourselves in those confusing seasons, when we are asking that question of, who am I? I think it's really good to go back to the one who made us for the answer. So I want to share a story about a woman who interacted with Jesus and the power that interaction had towards how she saw herself and how others saw her. I want to turn to Mark 5, where we see Jesus walking along with his buddies and a really important official comes to him and says, my daughter is dying. Please come heal her. So Jesus and all his friends begin to head towards this guy's house. Now, Jesus had just arrived in town and there was no paparazzi and there was no social media. But word spread fast Anytime he was in a new place. So even though he just arrived, he was suddenly surrounded by this huge crowd, which if you've ever walked in a really big crowd, you know that There was a lot of people bumping up against each other, and you know also you're going to be going slow. So Jesus is walking along, heading towards this man's house, and beginning in verse 25, it says, And a woman was there, who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors, and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. I love this story. I love that she just reaches out and touches him and she is healed. But the next part is also so surprising. Remember, there is this thick crowd of people everyone is bumping into Jesus. But beginning in verse 30, it says, at once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around to the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Now, his buddies were probably like, "Um, Jesus, everyone is touching you. What are you talking about? Now, without getting into all the reasons why culturally, this is so significant, let's just say that a woman in that culture who was currently bleeding should not have been around all those people. It was incredibly risky for her to be there. And all we know about her is that she had this issue. So she has this issue and she's trying to resolve it. She'd gone to doctors, but instead of getting better, she got worse. And similar to some of the labels we can find ourselves wearing, she is known in the Bible and likely in her own town as this woman with an issue. And I don't know if you've ever felt like you've been known by an issue. I don't know if you've ever wanted to shake off the label that you feel like you're wearing or have worn for years or maybe even your entire life. Maybe something someone called you when you were a little kid and it just stuck. And as much as you try and get it off, it keeps coming back. I imagine this is how this woman felt. People would see her and know she is that woman, the one who is unclean. We should avoid her. I can imagine she must have felt incredibly lonely and isolated at times. And even though her issue was happening on the outside of her, she would have felt that pain deeply on the inside. Why is this happening? Why can't I just be normal like everyone else? And so we see her in this story reaching out to the one who offers hope and healing for those deepest parts of us. And this is what I love. We can picture this slow-moving crowd has suddenly come to a stop. Can you imagine the rippling murmurs throughout the crowd? Like, people a few rows back are asking, Why did we stop? What, what's, what's going on up there? And then we hear Jesus say, Who touched me? If you were within earshot, you would have been like, um, Jesus, maybe the sun has gotten to you today. Like, everyone is touching you. And his friends say just as much. I love how it's worded in the Passion Translation. His disciples answered, What do you mean who touched you? Look at this crowd. They're all pressing up against you. But Jesus' eyes swept across the crowd, looking for the one who had touched him for healing. And it goes on to say in verse 33, When the woman who experienced this miracle realized what had happened to her, she came before him trembling with fear and threw herself down at his feet saying, I was the one who touched you. And she told him her story of what had just happened. And this is what I love. Jesus turns to her and says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. He calls her daughter. She'd been known throughout the town as this woman with an issue. Maybe she had a name. Maybe her name was Sarah. But people would say, how is Sarah doing? Sarah who? oh you mean the one with the issue of bleeding yet no idea I heard she's still not doing well we have this way of describing people don't we even if we don't do it out of malice or intentional intentionally but we have these labels for others and for ourselves and when we reach out and touch him those labels begin to fall away as he looks at us and calls us daughter So yes, I am a wife, I am a mom, I am a teacher, I'm a friend, I'm a podcaster, I'm a writer. I have a lot of labels. I have a lot of ways to identify myself. But ultimately, where I find my identity, where I know truly and securely who I am, that comes from knowing whose I am. When I get my worth, my value and my affirmation from Him, all of the things that aren't from him begin to fall away. And again, this is why it is so valuable that I create this space in my week to sit with him and hear the truth about who he is and who I am. And when I sit with him, he says, you are my daughter. You are deeply loved. You are my beloved. I can't earn it. I can't be good enough or do enough to earn his love. I simply receive it in all of my brokenness and imperfect ways. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And if you are having a hard time receiving his love, try saying, for God so loved, and then fill in your name. For God so loved, Jacqueline that he gave his one and only son, that Jacqueline shall not perish, but have eternal life. He is speaking that to you. Whoever believes in him, he loves you. He calls you daughter. And he longs to speak words of love and truth over you when you go to him and when you listen. So your activation for this week is just that. Pick a time and a place to just be still with him and to listen. And like everything else in life, it doesn't happen if we don't plan it. So do that now. Pick a place and pick a time and begin to walk fully in who you were created to be. I'm trusting that this has helped you move one step closer to thriving. Thanks so much for listening today. I really am so encouraged, knowing how many of you are being encouraged by this message. And if you have found it helpful, would you mind just sharing it with a friend? Leaving five stars or even a review wherever you listen to po- podcasts, podcasts, keeping it super professional. Um, if you want to connect more with me, head over to Instagram, where I'm at Jacqueline.widener, or if you want some free resources, Head over to my website at jacquelinewidener.com. This has been an Extend Network production.